Hello, this is Tim Trainer, opinion page editor of the Easter Oregonian. Welcome back to an EO audio podcast series of interviews with candidates in the local May elections. I sat down along with the Times, or the East Oregonian's Pendleton City reporter and our Umatilla County reporter, as well as editorial board members Daniel Wattenberger and Catherine Brown. We asked each candidate to respond to the same general themes, and then we asked follow-ups uh, when they were applicable. Uh, we will release audio from each interview, and candidate profiles will be published in the EO as well. Uh, we'll start with uh, Ward 1 incumbent Becky Marks, who is facing off with challenger Jim Timmons. So um, doing this you now with all the candidates and just asking questions. You've been through the routine before, I think. <laughs> the right. microphones might be new. We're trying to get them all just to get an audio clip of them as well as we go. So so let's uh, go ahead and start with Yeah, them. we just started with a, just kind of a brief, uh, as folks know you a little better than the uh, candidates who are trying for office for the first time, but if you can give us a brief biography of yourself. Uh, first of all, I, what, what did I say? Um, my daughters, two of my daughters and I moved here in 1992. Mm-hmm. Uh, we bought the little house we are in on Gisbane in 1994. We've been there ever since, 22 years. I've had some really nice neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> um, <coughs> actually, I, uh, I mean that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, we're kind of the old people in the group now mm-hmm. because we have young families on both sides of us. Uh, Graduated from Eastern Oregon University in 92, uh, got a job in Pendleton, and and that's the reason we moved over here. Um, Was, uh, have always been very involved in uh, uh, community volunteering, um, things like that. So it wasn't a, a real major leap uh, to become involved politically as well. And uh, the first time I ran for uh, city council, um, my main focus and and, uh, desire was uh, downtown PDC and and of the activities and, and growth we've seen downtown, which has really been exciting. Um, we, we, uh, uh, accumulatively, we as a community, um, uh, have seen, I think, some real major positive growth. I really do. And, uh, uh, was appointed to the airport commission, uh, during my second term, first part of my second term. And um, I'm the uh, ex-official for that um, commission from um, the city council. We've seen some major growth up there. I'm really excited that um, we have more bare land leases up there right now than we've had in in over 15 years. It's really exciting. We do not have one empty building for lease up there right now. Um, uh, Life Flight, as you may know, has just completed a a million dollar hangar project. 
they chose Pendleton and the airport to uh, base out of um, instead of La Grande um, a few years ago. And uh, mainly, I think that decision was made more for, in the beginning, was um, uh, being able to get from La Grande to Pendleton and get over Cabbage Hill when it was real foggy and stuff, even though you're in a helicopter. <coughs> and they moved to um, Pendleton and said, hey, we found home. So they've been, they've really been uh, a very strong um, uh, addition to our airport. As you know, our UAS um, program is budding up there. Uh, we will be making, uh, or we will be building at least one new hangar up there, uh, which is supposed to help support the UAV system, um, and uh, hopefully jobs connected to that. So um, we're seeing some growth. I, I'm in a way, I'm kind of glad it's going. There are sometimes I walk out here and I'm going, "Come on, you guys, let's get off the stick, let's get moving." <laughs> and then there are times I'm glad that we're being able to pace it a little bit, yeah. and uh, because you know when you. It's wonderful to have a big splash, but it's another thing when you can grow incrementally and it be um, uh, stable. We've actually got something that's going to stay here. And uh, so that's kind of exciting for me. And uh, just as a little um, sideline, I had to laugh. The reason I got involved with the airport commission to begin with is I had a, um, we have a couple that live up there on, uh, at the airport, um, he has businesses up there, called me one day and said, get up here and see all the weeds up here, and he was just grumpy as grumpy. And I went up and sure enough, they had these humongous sticky weeds that were taller than me. Mm -hmm. I, uh, we took pictures, and mm -hmm. I took it back to Larry Lehman and say, look at the mess we have up here. Mm -hmm. And that's how I got involved with the airport. Mm -hmm. um, so it's been exciting. It's been, to me, um, uh, exciting to watch the growth, but I really want to see more continue. And I think... Um, one of the assets that I bring to the table is the history and maybe developing a little bit of patience to help it walk through the system. So <coughs> that's just a little bit of um, uh, some of the things that... Uh, well, maybe to play off that a little bit, we've had obviously a lot of folks who are running for council this year, the most in quite a while, and almost to a person, they talked about the need uh, that we will have some new council members, there'll be some new faces, there'll be some new ideas, there'll be a new sort of, um, uh, you know, vision for the council. I and mean, what, 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 how does a new vision compare to that sort of like history, and why, why do you think it's important to have your voice remain on there? Well, I think, okay, I think... I, I'm just going to say I am really excited about the new uh, the, the new concept that's coming about. Mm -hmm. Just because 
you've been there doesn't mean you have all the answers any more than when you're the new guy on the block. Um, well, you get a lot of questions about, well, what's the background in this? Why have we historically done that? Um, and so the, it becomes a, it really does become more of a mutual uh, benefit than it does a you're wrong, I'm right, or um, don't forget this, or um, anything like that. I'm, I'm real excited about who's running. Mm -hmm. I really am, mm -hmm. including me. <laughs> <laughs> What, what are you going to be the, the, the main issues uh, before <coughs> council next term? What, what do you think's uh, kind of uh, sitting out there that you'll have to deal with? Well, I think we, we all, I mean, I think we all um, uh, recognize that no matter what, uh, things are going to pop up, you're going to have issues. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to have to uh, work to deal with them. And I know that was a segue into what are you doing with the medical mar or the marijuana <laughs> issue. Um, um, I didn't just fall off the turnip. <laughs> well, let me explain to you. Um, I know that uh, um, that people have uh, seen some of us on the council as as maybe not being aware, uh, being the old fuddy duddies, because how could we possibly understand what's going on? Um, I'm here to tell you I grew up in the 60s. I know what's going on. <laughs> um, the, but seriously, the point becomes, and I, I made this point yesterday on Coffee Hour, my personal choices have, abs I have absolutely no relevance in this question. None. We started paying, we, um, uh, some of the council members and myself, or some of the rest of us um, started really seriously taking a look at what the ramifications, what the uh, regulations and, and everything concerning this uh, issue was probably back in 2014 when the legislature first came out and said we will have medical marijuana dispensaries in Oregon. <coughs> um, and uh, you want to talk about um, scrambling to find out what that was going to be. Um, uh, I don't think there was a community in this state that didn't have holy mackerel, now what do we do? Um, concerns. So we we went to um, the presentations from LOC, League of Oregon Cities, on the pros and the cons of how is this going to be? Um, and basically, to begin with, to say that the state was behind the eight ball after they come out and say, yes, we will have medical marijuana dispensaries, is really simplifying it. We didn't have the rules, we didn't have the regulations, and when I say rules and regulations, I'm talking more about the quality of the product that we were going to be presenting publicly for people to be able to obtain. Um, also, people who have medical uh, guard marijuana users 
I didn't say that right, but you got the <laughs> idea. Um, that um, uh, we're being able to grow, process their own product. They still are. Um, same thing with recreational. Um, you know, it's legal to smoke marijuana um, if you're over the age of 21. As a government entity, we have to recognize the fact that it is legal. Mm -hmm. So that's not an issue. The issue becomes, I, and I've heard this more than once, Becky, you're so ridiculous. It's such a no-brainer. Put in a, a retail uh, marijuana uh, store and tax the hell out of them. Well, no, it's not that simple. In the, in the last two years, I've been following this process pretty closely. And one of the main issues, one of the issues that kind of has me holding my breath a little bit is the fact that both medical and recreational marijuana are cash businesses. And we all know that. Um, if you produce, um, uh, sell marijuana, um, none of the major banks that are FD, FDCI insured can, pro can accept the money because it's against federal law. Now, in some of our larger communities, and I've been kind of following this from Colorado too, so uh, you won't print this if I, this is off the record. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't still recording, so <laughs> I'm, can, I'm joking. Yeah. I don't follow Washington as closely as I do Colorado because um, most of our rules and regulations are based a lot on on the mm -hmm. Colorado format, and uh, um, and not bad. I mean, mm -hmm. but some of the major issues that Colorado, Alaska, and Washington are having, and even up to this point is how to deal with an illegal federal substance in a legal manner on the state on the state um, uh, block. So what happens is is even if you are, if you could, a lot of California, as a matter of fact, decided to deal with this issue by making their own bank. And, uh, but it's not insured, so your money isn't insured. <coughs> but at least it gives you a regulatory system that you can function, you can process your money through. There may be um, down in the valley um, credit unions that would be able to deal with the. Um, uh, with the processing because they're not FDIC insured. However, even your own paper had an article in it in Saturday's paper saying that Salem will be one of the first cities to actually vote on the 3% tax for recreational marijuana. And I'm following that one pretty close. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and the banks have already notified them, saying, you can tax it, but we don't have to take your money. Now think about that for a minute, and then picture what it could do to Pendleton, Oregon. Number one, even if we did legal legally, um, well, it wouldn't be legally, I mean, regulatorily set up the system to tax <coughs> recreational marijuana, they're a cash business. So every three months, let's say, they come into the city to pay their taxes. Might have ten to twenty thousand dollars. The city isn't set up to accept that kind of money in cash. And then even if I mean, there's no camera security. There's no bulletproof um, windows. There's you know nothing to safeguard any of our city employees if you walk in and turn over however many dollars you owe the city um, to Linda Carter. And then if our banks won't let us process it, what do we do with it? So the question of taxing Recreational marijuana, because medical marijuana cannot be taxed. And that's something I really wish you guys would emphasize. Because personally, sympathetically, even though I said it's not relevant, I really am sympathetic and empathetic with the medical side of, of this issue. Even, and, but um, citywide, we can't tax it which is, I think, righteous and right. Um, but think about what it's going to cost you as taxpayers to try and figure out how to deal with this issue. And really, folks, how much time do you want us to spend doing it? We've got other issues coming down the pike, and we have staff that are already doing Mach 10, how much of your money do you want to spend trying to get this issue taken care of? I'm not saying we shouldn't ever do it. I'm just saying, let's not get in such a big hurry. And maybe that's a little bit where age and not running as fast <laughs> as I used to anymore might come into play. A little bit of the patient's attitude. Let's let Let's let them figure out some of this stuff. And then look at, the, at what we can do. Because as far as it being a cash cow um, revenue source, I kind of have a few concerns about just how much of a cash cow that would be. One of the you mentioned there's other issues maybe that we better spend the time. Well, on. before we go, I was just saying. So if 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 voters in November then um, overturn the ban, and it's how how would, how would you uh, react to that? What, what would you recommend the city do? Um, we still have an issue around federal regulations, and I would again say to you. Will you really want me to break the law? Please, honestly. 
not that your vote isn't important and not that your voice isn't, in, isn't important. It is. Righteously so. But your voice is saying to me, break the law. So if in November it's, it's overturned, well, you would work I, to... you know, that'll to, have to be a group decision. It can't be mine. But seriously, folks, and I, you know, you're 21 years old. You have the right to make the choices you do. I don't have a problem with that. But please, in the process, don't let your right as an adult to um, mandate to me that I have to break the law. Okay. Those both ways. Sure. So what are the other issues, though, if, if, if this... Oh, <laughs> streets. Can we talk streets? Sure, we talk about streets, yeah. <laughs> It's been a cut. <laughs> That's another one. Uh, um, first of all, I would like to set out and, and uh, clarify just a little bit. When we got the beating over the five cent a gallon gas tax um, that we were proposing, um, I was a little disappointed, yes, because I, I really was in favor of it. However, one of the issues that we had tried to address, and Antonio was there, so he knows what I'm saying now is true, in our, our work sessions, one of the things we said was, People ain't gonna uh, ain't gonna believe us, and you know. So how do we how do we set this up so people will start believing us? So with the five dollar added fee to your um, uh, water and sewer bill, one of the things that one of the reasons we agreed was because we said, okay, we'll do this, but only if you, as staff, we're mandating, we want a list of streets that will be um, attended to, and we want them now, not two weeks from now. Because we have the information. I've, we've had it for years as to what streets are in poor condition, what streets are in okay condition and what streets are in in uh, um, good condition and we said okay knowing having the information that we have how do we decide how to set out projects that we know we can accomplish in at least two years in two years we want these many streets done and the staff did come back to us with a list. And one of the things that we required was, now remember, when you're picking out these streets, let's pick out the streets that need repair that we aren't going to be digging up in six months because of infrastructure um, breakdown, water, sewer, that sort of thing. So we said, let's pick out the poorest streets we can that we are not going to have um, infrastructure um, uh, problems with or shouldn't have um, problems with. And let's let the folks see that we really are working on this. Their money really is going where we say we're going to take it. Then 
maybe um, in a year or so, we can go back and say, now will you pass um, a gas tax? Because it is more equitable, more fair than the $5 a month charges that we're, we're tacking onto water and sewer right now. Um, I think uh, I kind of cringe at that because, um, let's face it, there are people who are paying that $5 a month that don't drive cars. And, um, uh, and yet, we had to have kind of bitter medicine to take because we really did need to say, look, we'll show you that we mean, we mean what we say and we are following through on that. Now, the, and the other thing that we asked city staff to do was to post all the streets that are supposed to be done um, that within the next two years timeline so that people could see what tar streets were being targeted. I truly have not looked on the website um, probably in the last month or so um, to see if it's, if it's there or if it's easy access, but I promise you I will. Uh, because I am about <coughs> as good on the computer as not. Mm -hmm. and, um, uh, and I don't like to have to go hunting for stuff, so I better be really close up front so I can find it real quick. And uh, um, so we've had, you know, that that is an issue. It's one that we've really been concerned about, um, and we and we have to admit there's a lot of infrastructure that's going to impede nice streets if we have to dig the street up again and and redo the infrastructure. So it's kind of a. Um, <coughs> what uh, um, chicken versus egg situation but we're trying to resolve it yeah. and so that's our point on that um, um, yeah I guess um, let's see what else can we ask um, can I do one of my things sure yeah go for it <laughs> <laughs> we've talked about the airport we've talked um, something that I would really like to draw your attention to, and, and maybe I shouldn't say this pridefully because um, I'm only one of the few um, uh, who has devoted a great deal of heart and energy. But one of the things that I think um, is near and dear to my heart is second story restoration downtown. Um, that's kind of been one of those drooling things that happen um, ever since I've been involved with the Pendleton Development Commission. And uh, we're completing a study on that. Um, we're kind of doing our own uh, from uh, um, uh, goal two from our restoration, uh, second story restoration committee uh, form with uh, um, public and uh, 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 city staff and um, city councilors or uh, Pendleton Development Commissioners. And 
That's exciting to me. The idea of being able to put in more housing uh, within the uh, downtown area especially um, is exciting. Um, I'm hoping that we're going to find out. Now, don't quote me on this because I'm not too sure this is what we're going to find out. But <coughs> I'm hoping that we see this as a potential a ten, a potential affordable housing for students or, or people who are um, single, um, mainly because uh, we... It's not the most perfect in the world, but we do have some forms of public transportation that can get you from downtown out to the hospital, up to BMCC for classes, um, and things like that that potentially could be very beneficial to people living in, in the core of Pendleton. And uh, uh, I think housing is another one that we're really having to uh, take a real strong look at, and that is really what is the need here. Five years ago, we said housing was a need. Uh, we needed uh, um, affordable housing, um, and we worked very, very hard, yay or nay, um, in at least trying to get um, uh, developers to come in and develop some of the uh, property here in town, i.e., Twilliger, um, we call it, I call it the cemetery property, <coughs> and build. And he is staying. He's keeping his. He's getting his units built, and they're being filled. Now, I have been receiving information from some of the apartment owners here in town and property managers of apartments here in town, and that I'm paying very close attention to and sharing the information with uh, uh, Phil and John Turner. Um, and somehow... Um, there seems to be a fluctuation right now of apartment buildings emptying and still not enough housing. And I don't mean this to sound naive, but truly, why are we seeing this happen? And uh, um, uh, I can tell you that um, some of the apartment complexes that I've been in, uh, I don't know if I would want to live in them either. However, there are some here in town who um, uh, really do um, a great deal of maintenance and, and repair and upgrading, uh, and, uh, and they're nice apartments. But I'm not too sure that we're delivering to the group of people we really need to deliver to, and those are young working families. And when you see that almost 60, what is it, 40 some odd percent of the people who work here don't live here. 
it's still going to be a big issue, and and we've all got it. I, um, Pilot Rock is seeing it. Pilot Rock is seeing a huge boom in um, uh, house sales. People going to Pilot Rock and buying houses. Um, Hermiston is dealing with the exact same issues we are as far as a lot of people who work in that community and don't live in that community. So we're all feeling very much the same crunch. Um, and there's got, you know, I'd, I'd like to see us come up with some answers. So, and the airport property is not one of them. The FAA mm-hmm. won't let us get the apartments <laughs> up there. Well, what's the, what's the best thing about living in Pendleton? About what, what's the best thing Pendleton has going for it? That's the question we've been finishing off with for everyone. Let each candidate tell what personally or professionally. You know, I think for me, number one, it's the people. Um, when we moved here, I was a single mother with... Uh, I had three daughters, but I moved here with two because the other one was still in college, or the first one was in college. Um, I was probably more impressed with the neighborliness of the people around me, um, uh, how friendly everybody was. Uh, my daughters were included in in uh, activities just right off the bat. It didn't make any, you know. Um, and we had not always experienced that. So that was very, very beneficial. I love the history of Pendleton. Um, of course, that's, you know, you've got to take a little bit of pride in that. When you walk in to a conference center in, in uh, Chicago and you have a lady walk up to you and say, Wow, you've got on a Pendleton woolen mill suit. And she says, where did you get that? And I said, Pendleton. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, we have a lot to be proud of. We have a lot that needs, you know, that we need to save. 